0: Hi, welcome to Summit Church. We are one church in multiple locations in Central Florida. We believe that your story, told truthfully, is good news to those who are near to God and those who are far from God. And no matter where you find yourself, you are welcome here. Join us in listening to this week's sermon. Hey, what's up, Summit Church? So glad to be with you today. If you don't know me, my name is Michael. I get the honor and privilege of being one of the pastors here, and we would love the chance to get to uh, know you. So there's a QR code that's coming up on your screen right now. We'd love for you to scan that and fill out a Connect form. We'd love to tell you more about why Summit Church is the place to be. Well, if this is your first time with us or first time in a long time watching along, we've been in a series called For Everyone. Now, the... pre premise of this series is very simple, is that we wanna be a church for everyone, right? That no matter what your story is, no matter what your background is, whether you've been a long time follower of Jesus or you're just now exploring what it means uh, for you, this is a place that you can belong. As we've been saying around here, is that we hope and desire that Summit Church is a place that you can belong long before you believe. You see, we believe that when Jesus created the church, his intention was to create a place without judgment, without ridicule, without shame, a place where you can come and find the hope that we have in Jesus. And if we're gonna be that church, that church for everyone, then we must be willing to make room for anyone. Now, what that doesn't mean is that we're gonna forsake the truth of Jesus. See, we believe that the truth of Jesus is the DNA of our church. This truth of Jesus is what gives us hope in life and the life to come. But what it does mean is that we're gonna be willing to remove unnecessary barriers. Now, the truth of Jesus is a necessary barrier, but what we're gonna do is to try to move anything unnecessary because we understand that if we remove any unnecessary barriers, we are opening up spaces and places for people to experience the beauty that comes with finding and following the way of Jesus. We believe that the local church, that Jesus Christ through the local church is the hope of the world. And we believe that we wanna do whatever it takes or like I say, anything short of sin to inspire someone to find and follow the way of Jesus. Today, what I wanna do is I wanna conclude our series around this idea that in order for us to be a church for everyone that makes room for anyone, we have to be willing to take bold risk, think outside the box and work in unconventional ways to introduce the beauty that comes with Jesus. Now, the question I want you to hold on to and wrestle with today is this, this question right here. What are you willing to do to inspire someone to find and follow the way of Jesus? Now, back when I was in middle school youth group, we would annually take a trip, a guys night trip uh, out to one of our youth group leaders' farms. Now, it's just a bunch of boys doing boy things and talking about Jesus. Like what could possibly go wrong, right? Well, on one, on this particular trip, we got this brilliant idea of playing capture the flag in the dark. Now, for those of you who've never experienced this because of the light pollution in our lovely city of Orlando, if, if if you're out in the country area where there's like isn't a lot of light, it can get extremely dark with only the moon and the stars as the only natural light, okay? So we decided on this country farm on this dark night that we should play capture the flag. Now, we were we're going to separate into teams, six on each team, and we pick captains, and then we had a draft, and I get picked first, of course, because I'm the best at capture the flag. So our captain then picks my friend, Ricardo. Now, you need to know a few things about Ricardo. He's a great kid. He really cared for people. He was really nice. But Ricardo was the kind of kid who you could dare to do the dumbest thing, the most dangerous thing. And if you didn't tell him that you were kidding, he would literally do it. I mean, Jumping off of houses onto trampolines, eating weird insects, jumping into moving cars, going 25 miles an hour. I mean, you name it. So having Ricardo on your team was really a benefit. Now, when we started the game, there was still a little bit of daylight. So we decided to plant each flag about the distance of three football fields away from the home base. Now, at this farm, you can imagine that there's all sorts of barriers that are keeping the animals from escaping. Barriers like wood fences and metal fences and barbed wire fences. Now, during the daylight, you can see where they all were. But once it went dark, there was no telling what or where those barriers were. And we were in middle school. So there was no thought at all to like maybe use flashlights. No, none at all. So... Anyways, our team captured one of those team's flags and we began to make our way back. But it was so dark that we couldn't see which way was which and, and if we were going to w- run into one of those barriers, right? And so we were legitimately stuck at this point. So I say, man, we just need someone to run straight. And if they hit something, we'll know not to go that way. Now, I was kidding, but Ricardo didn't seem to understand that because he just took off and ran. And at first we didn't hear nothing. And we think, oh, he's found the pathway back until we hear this loud crash and scream. And we ran all over to Ricardo, found him wrapped in Bob wire. And we figured out how to get him untangled from that barbed wire, but he had cuts all over. and He's bleeding everywhere. So we, we, we carry, we pick him up and carry him and we take our slow time, making sure we don't run into any other barbed wire or any other barrier. And as we walk him back, I remember asking him, I was like, dude, why in the world would you just run like that? Knowing that you could like run into something. And his response to me was this, well, I wanted to win. And in order to win, someone had to be willing to risk it all. Now, I'm not telling you this because I believe you should go all in on a game of capture the flag in the complete dark. No, no, don't do that. This also isn't a principle I would use to go gamble in Vegas or on a risky investment. But when it comes to Jesus, I believe we should do whatever it takes to inspire someone to find and follow the way of Jesus. As a matter of fact, we believe that Jesus is worth the risk of giving it our all, thinking outside the conventional box and going above and beyond with our time, our talent, and our treasures to get one person to Jesus. We should do whatever it takes to remove all that is unnecessary, all that is a hindrance, all that is prohibiting someone from encountering Jesus. Because at the end of the day, think about this. Someone did that for us. Do you realize that? Someone stepped into the gap and helped remove roadblocks so that you and I could hear this good news, experience the love, grace, and truth of our God. You know, there's this moment in the life of Jesus. Um, and his first followers that I believe really kind of encapsulates this risk-it-all-for-the-sake-of-it-all mindset. A guy by the name of Mark uh, recounts this story that was told to him, likely by one of Jesus' first followers. Now, this story takes place in the middle of a small, out-of-nowhere town called Capernaum. Now, this is probably the hometown of Peter, who was one of Jesus' first followers. Peter grew up here in this country town and 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 then one day an unconventional rabbi teacher comes by and he says, Peter, come be one of my disciples. And things change radically for Peter. So if you were to try to picture the scene of this middle of nowhere town, in my mind, there's probably some homes, there's a convenience store, there's maybe one or two stoplights and there's definitely some like pickup donkeys, okay? And the story starts with a bunch of people, they're gathered in someone's home. Now there could be an argument made that it was Peter's home, but we're not sure, but they're in this home and and there are a lot of people there, okay? But most of these guests, they aren't made up of locals. Actually, most of these guests are from out of town and, and, and they are the religious teachers, And they're there because Jesus is there. And their primary purpose in being there is to investigate Jesus. They're not seekers. They're not trying to find and follow. No, 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 They're anti-Jesus. They are there to try to disprove Jesus. They just can't believe that some, this, some, this carpenter with a ragtag group of teenagers is what the world, who the world would consider failures. And they're really doing all the things that have been reported of them. They just could not believe that this was the Jesus. This was the Messiah that was promised. So they're there to investigate. And along many others, they are all gathered in this really small house in the middle of this nowhere town. So I want to I want to pick up the story from there. Mark uh, verse one of Mark chapter two. It says, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several, several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right in front of Jesus." Okay, let's just pause there. I don't know if you read or read or have heard this story before, but I imagine you hearing it or reading it and naturally thinking, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, like, oh yeah, I would have done that. No. No, 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 you wouldn't have. Like there's no way you're getting up on a roof and you're ripping through it and then lowering your friend on the makeshift math down to the ground. No. First of all, if you live in Florida, it's you better not be ripping roofs here. You know how hard it is to get homeowners insurance in this state, let alone get them to pay out? So you're not doing that, Right. Like in hindsight, we could say like, well, yeah, Michael, of course, it's Jesus. Why wouldn't we do that, right? But that's the benefit of hindsight we have. Not not them at the time. Like they weren't sure what would have happened. They had some faith though. They had heard the stories and they had seen some things right, but I don't think they were 100% sure Jesus would heal him. And yet without hesitation, they make a bold risk it all decision for the sake of it all. Like they're gonna do whatever it takes to get their friend To Jesus. Now, the issue is there's a physical barrier in the way of this moment. I mean, just picture with me for a second. You're seated inside this crowded house, right? The who's who's is there. Jesus is there. The disciples are there. And Jesus is saying some things that are just blowing your mind. And in the middle of that, the roof starts to kind of like crack. And and you have no idea. And this little hole just appears and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then this mat and this man is being lowered down in front of you. Like, what do you do? Like, what are you thinking? Now, Mark tells us that there were four friends bringing their paralyzed friend through that roof. Now, you may not know this, but being a paralytic in the first century was basically a death sentence. Like you were were considered worthless and an abomination. People would say things like his or her family must have sinned against God for something like that to happen. Like, wow, think about it. I mean, this was a time where there were no wheelchairs. There were no government assistant programs. And unless you had a crew of friends that, could, that you could depend on for literally everything, you didn't have much of a chance. I mean, unless you had this like ride or die group of people around you, you were out of luck. But this guy, he's got these four friends who were willing to risk it all. Now, here's something else to consider you can easily make the assumption that they must have traveled from afar and weren't locals because no one in the house recognizes them or even tries to help. I mean, they're trying to get their friend inside the Jesus, but the crowd is spilling to the streets and the windows are closed and the doors are shut and there's no way in the house. And so someone says, you know what, man, you know what? Let's get up on the roof. And and somebody's like, well, what what, what are we going to do up on the roof? And, and the, the guy's like, you know what? We're going to tear a hole through the roof. Now, At this point of the story, I don't know about you, but I get the sense that these four friends are like Tampa Bay Buccaneer fans. I mean, it just seems like something Buccaneer fans would do. I mean, have you seen pictures of them with their faces and they're like, ah, right? That just makes you think that they would like to tear somebody's roof open. And I'm just saying like, look, I'm a Rams fan and I think Buccaneer fans are cool, but that's definitely something I think they'd be the first to pull this, right? I mean, these four friends, they're determined to find a way. They're not thinking about who they may anger. They're not thinking about the property damage they might cause. They're not concerned with interrupting this meeting for one person. All they're thinking about is how can they remove this barrier, this unnecessary barrier between their paralyzed friend and Jesus, right? Remember that question I posed to you early on? What are you willing to do to inspire someone to find and follow the way of Jesus? Well, can I tell you how we as a church will answer that in 2024 and beyond? Like this is what we are convinced to do as a community of people who believe that Jesus is worth the risk. That this is what we're determined to do because we believe that through the love, grace, and truth of Jesus, the local church is the hope of the world. Here's how we're gonna answer that question. And my hope is that you will answer this question in the same way. We are willing to wreck the roof. We're willing to wreck the roof. We're gonna do whatever it takes to inspire even one person to find and follow the way of Jesus, and we're going to do whatever it takes, and it's going to cost us money, and it might be impractical, and we might have to do some improvising, and we might have to change tactics, and we might have to change plans, and it might make some people in the house a little bit uncomfortable, but that's okay because we are going to wreck the roof. It doesn't matter for who or whom, be it the single person, the lonely mother, the divorced father, the CEO, the struggling college student, the person struggling with their sexual orientation, the habitual liar, their Fearful person, the person struggling with their gender identity, the nine to five or the six figured salary, the white, the black, the Asian, the Latinx, the African, the first responder, the teacher, the McDonald's worker, the work in the home mom, the work outside the home mom, the grandparent, the married person. It doesn't matter. We are going to wreck the roof so that they can have a safe place to wrestle with the truth of Jesus. You see, Wrecking the roof means that we as a church and you as an individual, we're gonna be biased towards action. You and I understand that there's a sense of urgency in the assignment that we've been given, that, that Jesus will one day soon return and we do not have time to waste. Wrecking the roof means change and innovation. that we're willing to do whatever it takes short of sin to inspire someone to find and follow the way of Jesus. And we talked about this last week that relational investment is so important. And we're gonna use this idea of bless where we be, begin with prayer, that we're praying for those four, that we're gonna listen and, and get in spaces where we actively engage with them, that we're gonna eat with them, invite them to the table, serve them, and we're gonna share what God is doing. Now, if you're like me and your mind has been hearing this and immediately going to all the excuses of why, how it's not a good time for you to be wrecking the roof for someone who you know needs Jesus. Like I can imagine just being the person in that room of the story as the roof is being broken over them. And I'm like, hey, 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 it's not a good time. We're in the middle of something. Come back later when we're all done and we can see if we can squeeze you in with Jesus. Like for me, it would be, you know, my neighbor works a lot and I shouldn't bother him. My coworker has had church hurt and there's like, I don't know if they'll ever step foot back in the church again, or my friend doesn't know I'm a follower of Jesus. And so if I tell them, will they stop being my friend if I share them about my faith and invite them to church? Like we can come up with all kinds of reasons to put off the risk, all kinds of reasons to defer the invite to find and follow Jesus. But let me put it as graciously blunt as I can for you. None of those reasons matter. Here's the thing, we're all trying really hard to make it really hard for people in Orlando to go into eternity apart from Jesus. And if we're gonna make it hard for people in our communities, in our cities, in our town, in this state, to go into eternity apart from Jesus, we've gotta make it easy for the people who matter to us to go to church. Now, let me be clear. I am not saying that we're gonna water down the truth of Jesus. I am saying that we're gonna remove unnecessary barriers. And that all starts with you and me. You know, we ourselves can be barriers to someone having an encounter with Jesus. Our words, our actions, how we treat people matter. As our teaching minister, Kaylee Newkirk, often says, people are often watching us and deciding something about God. And we, who are the lights to our worlds, have the responsibility to be a light to our worlds. It starts with our willingness to risk it all for the sake of it all of those who matter to Jesus, which is everyone. Ask yourself, what kind of person do you want to be with your faith? Do you want to be a member of the crowd, like the crowd in that house that day who finds every reason to put off and defer? Or do you want to be like those four friends who are willing to risk it all for the sake of all at the cost of anything to remove unnecessary barriers to get their friend to Jesus. Can I tell you, it's worth the risk. It truly is. Why? Because God took the same risk for us. I've quoted this famous verse so much in the recent weeks because it's so true and it bears repeating that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see, God was in fact the first to risk it all for the sake of it all. That there was this barrier keeping us away from God and in order to remove that barrier, God was gonna have to do something outside the box, unconventional, radical, unprecedented, and bold. He was gonna have to give us his son as a sacrifice to cover our sins so that we could be reunited with him. And do you think he thought twice about this risk? Nope, not at all. Remember, man, you are the light of the world. And when you are the light of the world, you will have the ability to shine Jesus's light on the people who are showing up in your life on purpose, for purpose. You know, that's the story of, of, of Dan Sherfield, one of our staff members here, that somebody was willing to risk it all for the sake of it all and shine the light that was living in him in Dan's life, which totally changed his world. Check this video out. Thank you for listening with us today. You can also watch our video services on YouTube or at summitconnect.org. And check out our show notes to link to our website and follow us on social media. Now go in God's grace and peace. We hope you join us next time.